Welcome to the Flatline with your host, Rick Hughes. For the next 30 minutes, you'll be inspired, motivated, educated, but never manipulated. Now, your host, Rick Hughes. Good morning and welcome to the Flatline here on Christmas Day 2022. If you're listening today, I'm very proud of you. Most folks are with their family. Most folks are doing other things. I often wonder on Christmas morning how many people would actually be listening to the radio show, but if you are, thank you for giving me a few minutes of your time. My staff and I certainly wish you the merriest of Christmas and hope that you remember the reason for this season. And uh, let me know if you're listening. Send us an email at rick at rickhughesministries.org, rick at rickhughesministries.org. If you're listening today, drop us an email, let us know. We'd love to hear from you, and you can always call us if you need to at 800-831-0718. Our website is always open, rickhughesministries.org, rickhughesministries.org, and there you can see the material that we offer available free of charge. Our show is always about some motivation, some inspiration, some education without doing any manipulation, which means we don't hustle people. We're not trying to raise money. We're trying to give you some information that will help you verify and identify the plan of God for your life. And if I'm able to do that, then you have the freedom and the privacy to orient and adjust to the plan. But remember, that's God's plan for you. You get one shot at it, not two, not three, just one shot. And I hope you get it right, because it begins with making the greatest decision you could ever make, which is to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and receive him as your personal Savior. That's the gate that opens the door to eternal life with God because Christ said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and no one can come to the Father but by me. But once you walk through that gate of eternal life, you become a member of the royal family of God and you have unbelievable operational assets that God gives to you, but also tremendous challenges, tremendous opportunities along with tremendous challenges. Paul wrote about this in the Bible. He, he wrote about the the uh, opposition that he was uh, subject to. And in 1 Corinthians 4.10, I want to read a verse to you this morning on Christmas morning. It's a great verse. Here's what he said. We are fools on account of Christ, but you, on the other hand, are prudent in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished. We are without honor. And, of course, that's that's uh, Paul making fun of those religious self-righteous types who were believers in Corinth, but who looked down upon the things that he was going through. The Bible has a lot to say about fools, and in this message I may attempt to identify some different types of fools or foolish individuals, but before we go there, I want to look at what Paul actually wrote to the church in Corinth in regards to him being a fool for the sake of Christ. As we celebrate the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ and move into the year 2023, 2023, I hope to encourage you to be a fool for Christ's sake. That doesn't mean you're to act stupid, but rather be so committed to God's plan for your life that in the eyes of the unbeliever, you appear to be foolish in the sufferings and the rejection and the ridicule that will be coming your way. Because I can promise you that Satan will do all he can to demonize you in your foolish devotion to Christ and thus try to marginalize your influence in his world. Any believer who advances in the plan of God will be regarded as a foolish person, and the believer who seeks to serve in public office will be regarded as unworthy 
of public confidence due to his biblical viewpoint of life and history. So Paul the Apostle identifies himself as this sort of fool. The word moron we get from moros, the Greek word meaning worthless, a, a moral scoundrel. The Greek word oraka refers to the mind of a stupid individual, but the word moros means the character of that individual or what's in his heart. And in this case, Paul is using sanctified sarcasm, referring to how the legalist looks at his life as he exposes himself to dangers and sufferings for the sake of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is obviously an attempt to goad those in Corinth who belittle his impact while they consider themselves to be wise and strong and honorable. Notice what the fool for Christ can expect in the future of his or or her own life. Listen to it. This is what you can expect if you ever intend to be a fool for the Lord Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 4.13, when we are slandered, we reply as friends. We have become as the scum of the world, the dregs of all things, even until now. I predict that was what happened to you if you if you seek to become a mature believer. You'll be slandered, maligned, misunderstood, demonized, marginalized, and yet and through virtue love, you can love even those who proclaim themselves to be your enemy, and that's a wonderful problem-solving device. Impersonal love for all mankind. And you will appear to be the scum of the world, the dregs of all things, and it's going to get worse in the history of this country in the future as the humanist proclaims his gospel. So if you truly love our Lord, and if you understand the true reason to celebrate Christmas, you're not going to be the most popular person at the office party or at the family reunion because of your extreme religious views. You know, they're going to say things like, here's what they'll say to you, Surely you don't believe that only Christians go to heaven. Isn't that you being a little intolerable? But that's what the Bible says. It's not you being intolerable. It's you being literal, literally what the Bible says. He that believes in the Lord Jesus Christ shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And he that believeth not shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him already. As our Lord Jesus Christ came into this world, He came in the anointed Son of God. For one reason, his destiny was simply to go to the cross, to bear the sin of the world, and to walk out of the grave to demonstrate the the power of God over death. And that power is demonstrated to you to be absent from the body. It's for you to be face to face with the Lord. So if you want to be what I call a fool for the Lord Jesus Christ, As was the Apostle Paul, there are some things you've got to understand. First of all, it's dedication. Big D word, dedication. Dedication to our Lord and to his will for your life. If you'd like to hear Paul's dedication, I can read it to you in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. This is his dedication. Listen carefully. Quoting now, we are afflicted in every way, but we are not crushed perplexed but not despairing, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed, always carrying around in the body the dying of Jesus so that the way of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may be revealed in our bodies. That is what we call representing Christ to our generation. 
And this sort of mentality of dedication is called fidelity. It's the supernatural strength that comes from fidelity to our Lord Jesus Christ. That's you being faithful. Afflicted in every way, crushed in every way, perplexed in every way, persecuted in every way, but never abandoned and never destroyed and always carrying around in the body the dying of Jesus so the life of Christ can be revealed through me. So what did he say about this stuff he went through? In 1 Corinthians, excuse me, in 2 Corinthians 12, 10, he said this, Therefore I delight in weaknesses, I delight in those insults, in distresses, in persecutions, in difficulties, in behalf of Christ. For when I'm weak, then I'm actually strong. What he's saying there is that these difficulties drive him to use a faith rest drill to stand on the Bible doctrine that he knows in his soul, and it gives him more strength. You grow through adversity. Adversity is inevitable, but stress is optional. And the adversity that Paul went through, he asked the Lord in 2 Corinthians 12 to take away the thorn in his flesh, whatever that could have been. But the Lord said, no, I'm not going to take it away. And it's there to give you strength. And so you may think today, if this would go away, I'd be happy. If that would go away, I'd be happy. If this would happen, I'd be happy. Happiness doesn't depend on the circumstances in your life. Happiness depends on what? Jesus said it in Luke eleven twenty seven and 28. Happiness depends on those people who hear my Father's word and keep it. You have a source of happiness in your life. It's called the indwelling Holy Spirit. And he will use the canon of Scripture, the Word of God, to strengthen you and to encourage you. So if you want to be a fool for the Lord Jesus Christ, there has to be dedication. That dedication is derived from the filling of the Holy Spirit, plus a consistent spiritual growth until you become a different person. That means you think different. You have a different way of thinking. So basically... What the mature Christian has to do is renovate the way he thinks, change the way he thinks, because the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. And the Bible says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. So listen to Romans 12, 2 in regards to changing the way you think if you're going to be dedicated to be a fool for the Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can prove what the will of God is, that which is good and what? Let me get this, that which is good and that which is acceptable and that which is perfect. This new way of thinking is you acquiring the mind of Christ. It's you shedding human viewpoint, all the while accumulating biblical wisdom which is insight and discernment that comes from the scriptures. That's your, tra- that's your task, that's your opportunity. And that's the dedication that God is looking for, the fool for the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you willing to be foolish for the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you willing to have that sort of dedication to face adversity and not be crushed, to face criticism and not be perplexed, to be persecuted and not give up, always lifting up the Lord Jesus Christ And being thankful, as he said, for the delighting in my weaknesses and the insults and the distress that I face, because that's actually making me stronger. 
And do you understand that strength comes from the filling of the Holy Spirit and the consistent spiritual growth in your life by way of learning and applying the Word of God? So the food for Christ must be dedicated, but he must also be devoted. There's devotion. The food for the Lord Jesus Christ must have unwavering devotion to his master. What does that mean? Well, in 1 Corinthians 6.20, Paul wrote, you have been bought for a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. If you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, there was a tremendous price paid to free you out of the slave market of sin. And that was the spiritual death of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross when he was identified with your sins. He even prayed, Father, let this cup pass away from me, but not my will, but thy will be done. He knew what was required of him. He knew when he went to the cross, the sins of the world would be applied to him. He even cried out, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, meaning, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And on the cross, he took our sin. He bore our guilt. He paid our debt. We've been bought with a price. With a price. The sacrifice of God's only anointed son. So when it says glorify God in your body, it's not a request. This is a command. The word glorify, do, doxo, do, doxo, is an aorist active imperative. Doxo is an aorist active imperative. This is a command from God not asking you if you're a Christian, not saying, would you please glorify Christ? It's a command. Glorify God in your body. Now that means you have to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. You have to operate on divine viewpoint. You have to grow in the grace and knowledge of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and represent Christ to your generation. Not, not just represent him, but represent him so that they see Christ in you. In Psalm 50, verse 15, call upon me in the day of trouble. I'll deliver you, and you will glorify me. There it is again. Glorify God in your body. When you face adversity, when you face conflict, when you face these things like you may be going through today, Go to the Lord in prayer. Call upon me in the day of trouble. Remember now, prayer has to be done in the right way. You can't pray and get answers if you have unconfessed sin in your life. So the first prayer is always rebound, making sure you're in fellowship. And then if you go to the Father in prayer, he said, I will deliver you, and you will give me glory. You've been bought. That means you've been purchased out of the slave market of sin and death. And Peter challenges us in this manner. In 1 Peter 4, 2, so as to live the rest of the time that we're here in the flesh no longer for human lust, but for the will of God. So what are we supposed to do the rest of the time we have on this earth? To live for the will of God. What is God's will for your life? It is for you to become a fool for the Lord Jesus Christ. It means you believe you, you, you're, you're dedicated to him. You're devoted to him. You may look foolish. You may be slandered. You may be maligned by your friends because of your narrow viewpoint of what the Bible says. But this is what God expects of you. And Paul echoed the same viewpoint. 
In Romans 14, 8, if we live, we live for the Lord. Not for yourself. If we live, we live for the Lord. And if we die, we die for the Lord. Therefore, it makes no difference if we live or if we die. We belong to the Lord. If you have trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, you are God's bought and paid for person. You're a member of the royal family of God. You're under his care, his watch, his responsibility. And whether you live or whether you die, you belong to him. And I assure you, he's not going to throw you out the back door. He will be with you. He will support you. He will sustain you. I don't know what you're feeling this Christmas morning. Maybe you feel alone. Maybe you feel like the Lord has abandoned you. He has not. I assure you of that. He has not. The biblical concept of being a voluntary slave for the Lord Jesus Christ is seen in Romans 6.22. Here's what Paul wrote. But now having been freed from sin and enslaved, and the word duloo, duloo means to give yourself freely, to give yourself freely to the Lord Jesus Christ. So listen again. Now having been freed from sin and enslaved to God, you derive your benefit resulting in sanctification and the outcome of eternal life. So you go from being enslaved to the slave market of sin to being a freely giving slave for the Lord Jesus Christ. That appears to be foolish. If you've been set free, why would you go back and be a slave again? Well, we love him because he first loved us. That bond slave is the person who says, I'm free, I can go do whatever I want to do, but I don't want to leave, I want to stay in your service. And that's what God expects out of you, to remain devoted, to remain dedicated in his service. And lastly, the foo for the Lord Jesus Christ must be determined, determined to finish the race. In 1 Corinthians 9, 24, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but only one receives the prize? So run in such a way that you may win. This is a challenge for you. This is an athletic metaphor, as if you're running in a race. Now, I was on the track team in high school, but I was the shot put and discus man. I didn't run the 440 or the 100. But the runners... They only had one person that won. They had to cross the finish line first. And you are in a race to eternal life. You've been given a ticket. You've been given eternal life. But now God wants you to glorify his son to the maximum. So run in such a way that you may win. Who are your opponents? The world, the flesh, and the devil. They're all trying to distract you. They're all trying to defeat you through discouragement disillusion, and you stick with it. You get under the ministry of a well-qualified pastor. You take in God's word on a consistent basis. You stay filled with the Holy Spirit. You have objective optimism from the word of God. This is what it means to win the race, to run in such a way that you can win. So in Philippians 3.14, I keep pressing. I keep pressing towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. No quitting, no sitting down, 
no going to the sideline, not saying, well, well, wait a minute now, I'm 70 years old and my life's about spent. I don't care how old you are. The Bible says redeem the time. If you're still alive, God has a reason for leaving you here, and there's a purpose for your life. There's a calling on your life, and I'm telling you what it is right here, to be determined to finish this race. The finish line for us is the end of human life and the ultimate transfer to the home office. Paul wrote in 2 Timothy 4, I'm ready to be poured out as a drink offering. And the time of my departure has now come. I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith. And in the future there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all of those who love his appearing. Every Christmas that passes puts you one step closer to going home. But remember, there are three things that God requires of you. Three simple things. In this verse, Paul talked about it. He said, I fought a good fight. I did the right thing in the right way. This is very critical you understand this. The Christian life demands protocol, and a right thing must be done in the right way. It's never wrong to go to church. It's never wrong to pray. It's never wrong to sing. It's never wrong to serve, but you can do all the right things in the wrong way. And by that, I mean if you have unconfessed sin in your life, you're doing it from the energy of the flesh, and it's nothing but wood, hay, and stubble that will be exposed at the judgment seat of Christ in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You must do the right thing in the right way. Very seldom will a pastor tell you that. Very seldom will he ask you, are you filled with the Holy Spirit? Very seldom will they even before communion say, before we take this communion, you need to pray. And you need to ask God to show you if there's any sin in your life. Because if you take, fellow, take communion out of fellowship with God, you're going to be disciplined according to 1 Corinthians 11. So we must do a right thing in a right way. Not letting our emotions control us. Not fighting the wrong fight. What, that, what I mean by fighting the wrong fight? I mean like you trying to clean up the devil's world. God didn't send you to straighten out all the sinners. God didn't send you to straighten out the devil's world. God allowed you to stay here for one reason, to lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. And if he be lifted up, he will draw men to him. You are supposed to be the light of this world. You're not supposed to sit at home on Christmas Day and feel sorry for yourself. Lift up the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember what this means, what this day represents. Our Savior entered into the world. Our Savior, born in a manger, became the sacrifice for us. Finish the race. Finish the race. Fight the good fight. And then he said, I finished the race. I did not get out of God's will. He said, I did not peel off and go into the lure of the world. That's the biggest concept you'll have, the biggest problem you'll have. Will you finish the race? Many people accept Christ. I've seen it happen hundreds of times. And they get all excited about going to church, and then within a year they've peeled off and gone back down the what we call the my way highway. They're not growing spiritually. They're not doing the right thing in the right way. They're going through the rhythm. The You know, they go to church. Yeah, they're, they're, they're a conventional Christian. 
Hello, God. Goodbye, God. See you next Sunday, God. The nod to God crowd, we call them. They're not growing. They're not going to finish the race. They're not going to understand the will of God for their life because they've peeled off into the lure of the world, believing that happiness is found in people or in circumstances. Fight a good fight, finish the race, and keep the faith. And that refers to the sound doctrine you've been taught. Whatever the, what the Word of God has been taught to you, if it's correct, you're to stick with it, not change it, not go after some other false doctrine. Stick with it. Stick with what you've been taught and apply it into your life. The year 2023 will be your opportunity to double down on your efforts to reach spiritual maturity in your life. What do I mean by that? I mean you need to learn those 10 problem-solving devices. Rebound, the filling of the Holy Spirit, the faith rest drill, grace orientation, doctrinal orientation, personal sense of destiny, personal love for God, impersonal love for all mankind, sharing the happiness of God, and occupation with Christ. You must learn those and understand what they mean and use them every day and then get under a well-qualified pastor. Make that your objective. Where is he? Who is he? Many people write to me and say, where can I find that pastor? And it's my joy to tell them. And if you will learn the 10 problem-solving devices, get under a well-qualified pastor, you can fulfill God's plan for your life using your spiritual gift. Meaning, what does he want me to say? Where does he want me to be? What does he want me to do? In closing, don't be this sort of fool. Proverbs 14, 9, the person who mocks sin. That's a foolish person. Don't be the fool of Luke 12, 20, but God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is demanded of you. As for all you have prepared, who will own it now? And then in Psalm 14, 1, the fool said in his heart, there is no God. What a ridiculous statement for any person to make. There is no God. Only an arrogant person could say that, and many people do say that. There most certainly is a God, and he most certainly does love you. But remember, that God also will judge you. Unto whom much is given, much is expected. The Bible is very clear about that. So it's my prayer that on this Christmas Day, 2022, you will be encouraged and you will be motivated to be a fool for the Lord Jesus Christ, to face whatever may come your way in 2023, to represent Christ to your friends, to your neighbors, to your family, and to glorify God to the maximum. Until next week, this is your host, Rick Hughes, saying thank you for listening to The Flotline. Thank you for listening to The Floodline with your host, Rick Hughes. If you'd like to contact Rick, please write to him at P.O. Box 100, Cropwell, Alabama, 35054, or online at www.rickhughesministries.org.